and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother from TSN's Overdrive. You can hit me up on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Also, follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you like what you hear today, please consider subscribing to the podcast. Leave a rating and review as well. That would be much appreciated. All right, uh, it is the weekend, folks. Friday, we got a lot of news to go over. I wanted to uh, let a couple of days pass by before I did another episode. I think the last one I released was Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Um, And I wanted just a couple of days to go by because there was a lot of news that started coming out both Tuesday, Wednesday, and also on Thursday. So I didn't want to have to be giving wrong uh, information and then have to correct myself the next day because it's a very fluid situation what's going on with the NHL and the NHLPA and the whole return to play. And yes, there was some breaking news about what divisions uh, will look like. But again, things apparently have changed. Uh, the NHL had a Board of Governors meeting on Wednesday. I want Yeah, Wednesday. And going into it, the division alignments, the realignments had leaked. So... There was a lot of conversation about what the divisions were going to look like. So the Canadian division was pretty much Canadian divisions go. So I think last we spoke on uh, on Tuesday, I wasn't exactly. Uh, well, I, I said that we haven't heard anything from Bettman about a Canadian division. We've been going off about it because it was said by Bill Foley of of the Vegas uh, owner said, yeah, you know, they're going to be in the Canadian division in regards to the Nate Schmidt trade. And then outside of that, it's really been a media-driven narrative. It hasn't actually been talked about by the NHL and by the league, by Gary Bettman, up until this week. And finally, I think Bettman came out and he said, uh, it's looking like we're going to have, you know, division realignments. And a Canadian division is is most very likely. And he clearly couldn't say it is 100% a go because everything had to be approved by the Board of Governors for anything is set uh, to go. So that Board of Governors meeting was on Wednesday, and uh, early in the day, it, it seemed like everything was going to be okay. It was all going to be good, peachy keen. We had some division, uh, the division, the new divisions leak out, and everything looked good. So we were all thinking, okay, cool. And then the Governors meeting actually ends. And it didn't go over very well, apparently. There were some GMs or some owners who were not happy with the way that the alignment uh, was was shaping out for their organization and for their teams. And I I thought, I I just think that that's interesting, (laughs) that there's, you know, that much of a stink being made for some of these teams because at the end of the day... Why are you delaying getting back to playing? Like, you got to get things signed off quick so that you can get back for your January 13th target date. Why these teams and owners are just going to keep delay, 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 it's going to end up costing you, mo- costing you money in the end. And at the end of the day, that's what all of this stuff is all about, is, is how much money that they can, uh, how much money they can save or how much money they can put in their pockets. But, uh, yeah, so we'll... We'll go over this a little bit more in just a moment. Uh, also today, there is some news. Bob McKenzie back on the Twitter with the World Junior Championships on the way. Uh, so he's he was tweeting out a storm in regards to Nick Robertson and his status at the World Junior Championships and whether or not he's going to be loaned out by the Maple Leafs to play for Team USA. So I'll get into that a little bit more. And Team Canada did announce their final 25-man roster. So I will certainly, definitely uh, get into that a little bit later as well. But uh, to dive a little bit deeper into the news and into 
into the return to play and the Board of Governors meetings and everything that's going on. We'll get back into that now. Um, So some owners were not happy with this division realignment. So the one that was originally proposed had the Canadian division. And then the alternative Eastern division was Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. So that was going to be the other division in the East. And then the other divisions that were in the East are moving over to the West, and that's going to be Carolina, Detroit, and Florida, and Tampa, and they will be joining Columbus, Chicago, Minnesota, and Nashville. So it's Carolina, Columbus, Detroit, Chicago, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, Tampa is the other uh, Western Conference, I guess, uh, division, followed by Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Dallas, L.A., San Jose, St. Louis, and Las Vegas. So that is the other Western Conference division that was uh, proposed within the NHL Board of Governors meetings. And apparently some owners weren't big fans. Um, St. Louis wasn't a big fan. Dallas and Minnesota also not big fans of that. And I think it comes down to a couple of things. Uh, First and foremost, money, of course, like it always does. But I think time zone is also an issue. And the biggest issue, I believe, was between Dallas and St. Louis. Not big fans of being out in the West Coast time zone in the Pacific Division because... Now you're playing uh, in a different time zone. So Vegas, L.A., Arizona, Anaheim, uh, San Jose, those are all going to be later starts than you want them to be. And it could have something to do with, you know, advertising. Um, It it could have to do with just the amount of travel, you know, going out west. Uh, But for whatever reason, I guess Dallas and St. Louis had an issue with this. And may end up flipping with Minnesota. I think Pierre LeBron tweeted that that could be uh, the final realignment. Would be flipping Minnesota uh, over to that Pacific Division, and then having St. Louis and Dallas going into the other division in the West Coast. We'll see what happens. <laughs> like I said, nothing is finalized until all the I's are dotted and T's are crossed. And I think um, that. There's going to be another Board of Governors meeting next week. And it's to me that, that it's it's all got to be finalized next week. Because they're going into the week of Christmas where a lot of these teams and players and co- like they're gonna be have their mind elsewhere. They they want to get this done before the holidays so they can enjoy their holiday because once they enjoy their holiday, they gotta get back. Plus the fact that, you know, these NHL teams and the these players need to get into their cities that they're gonna be playing in. And they got to figure out when that's going to be because if they're going to be playing in January 13th, well, they got to get on a bird and get themselves into their cities pretty pretty soon in order to quarantine uh, the the time that they have to in order to be eligible to play. But if it's not going to be until February, then they don't have to do it quite yet. But if it's going to be earlier, you got to let the players know. They got to be able to book their flights. They got to be able to get everything all set up. Uh, and get back into these countries, especially you know the teams that are are from or the players that are out from Europe and and whatnot. Um, or Austin Matthews 
who is living out in Arizona right now, living his best life uh, with Connor McDavid and Justin Bieber, apparently. I don't know if you guys saw that on Instagram. Him and the Biebs hanging out down in Arizona, soaking up the sun. Made me really, really jealous up here in cold old Toronto. Although today was a decent day, to be quite honest with you. But, um, you know, we got to get Matthews back up here, ready to go for the season. You know what I mean? So the Board of Governors are going to have to figure this stuff out relatively soon. Um, but there's a little bit of a, a a tug of war between the owners and the GMs, though, especially when it comes to this this swap with Minnesota and Dallas, or um, Dallas and St. Louis with Minnesota, because I think the GMs would prefer to be in this Pacific division because then you get to beat up on Anaheim, Arizona, uh, L.A., and San Jose, which is a lot easier to do than having to play some of these other teams like Carolina and Columbus and Florida and Nashville and Tampa. There's some really, really solid teams in that other division. And let's be honest, I think that those are the two weak divisions uh, out there when it comes to it. Like Those two Western divisions, those are the two weaker ones of, of the, the four. I think the Canadian division is the toughest, followed by the other, the Atlantic division, I think, is, is what it's going to be called, I suppose, um, with, you know, Boston, Buffalo, who's an improved team, the Islanders, the Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Washington, like only four of those teams are going to be able to make the playoffs. So like odds are one of Pittsburgh, Philly, Washington, Boston, the Islanders, the like two of those teams aren't going to make the playoffs. Teams that I think if it were any other regular year, will be locks, near locks. So it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a weird year. I think the fifty six games is something that they're all on board on. That's what they're going to be doing. Um one other thing that I thought was interesting that has been brought up a little bit by uh media, so which me, makes me believe that this is conversation that is happening. But it got brought up on Overdrive, and I believe that this may be in conversation, but a potential compliance bio period going into next season because we have 10 teams that are not cap compliant because of the flat cap that really, they need a, a, a say, they need to be saved. Like, they really, really do. The, the Maple Leafs are up against the cap, but... You know, I was looking, there's not really a, a somebody who the Leafs necessarily would need a buyout for, but you think about somebody within this new Canadian division like Vancouver, throw them a, uh, you know, a life raft and let them get out of that Louis Erickson deal, right? Six mil against the cap. The guy is a healthy scratch half the time, and the other half he's only playing because he's making six million bucks, and the Aquilinis are like, well, if he's going to be cashing our checks he's at least gonna skate so this bio period could be interesting and I think that would be beneficial for a lot of teams the question is are owners going to be willing to stroke checks to these guys after buying them out and have them not play for them when they're already losing so much money I don't know but it would be a lot easier for these organizations to get cap compliant if they're able to have a compliance buyout each. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot more questions that need to be answered. Uh, One of them was, what about trades? 
What are we going to do with trading? Can you go across border? Like, can the Leafs make a trade with the Nashville Predators if we wanted to? Like, if we were interested in bringing in, um, I don't know, Roman Yossi, let's say. Obviously, we're not, but Roman Yossi or Matthias Ekholm or Ryan Ellis, two people who actually have been linked to the to the Maple Leafs in the recent years. Are we going to be able to make trades for them? Well, the NHL actually came out and they gave us that answer. Yes, there will be cross-border trading that will be allowed, uh, despite there being no cross-border travel and you know the Canadian division staying within its country and the U.S. teams playing themselves. But it seems like uh, cross-border trading will be okay. It's just whenever you're trading for these teams uh, or these players from uh, teams in other countries, they're going to have to quarantine. Is what it is. They're going to have to quarantine unless you go and pick them up on your own private bird, I think, because uh, according to Bob McKenzie, and we'll get to this after the break in terms of Nick Robertson's chances of making the World Junior Championships, according to the NHL's health and safety protocol, there's a seven-day quarantine for players who arrive in their NHL city on a commercial flight. So if you're making a trade... You know, for Matthias Ekholm, unless you're sending your own private jet to go up and pick up Ekholm, if you're MLSE, and he has to instead take a charter, he's out of action for seven days because he's got a quarantine. So it, it does complicate things, and I wonder what you know the trade deadline is going to look like this year. I don't know. Still lots of questions. Still lots to be determined. Uh, But there will be a Board of Governors meeting next week that should be able to answer some more of those questions for us because we got to get we got to get everything finalized so that we can get playing hockey. We got to drop the puck. The NBA preseason tipped off today. And now I'm getting antsy about the NHL. And I just want to see some some NHL hockey. I don't care if it's preseason. You know, we're going to be able to see the World Juniors, which is nice. I'll be chatting about that in just a moment as well. But uh, NHL hockey, Maple Leafs hockey, there's nothing like it. Hopefully we can figure things out within the next week, and I'll have more information for you. And uh, we can finalize everything and start talking about actual hockey <laughs> do some post-game analysis talking about you know how awesome austin matthews is and the massive leap he's taken and you know william nylander and marner finally making the 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 contract and you know i i just want hockey back <laughs> i want it i want it i want it all right uh we'll take a quick break And when we come back, we will be chatting about Nick Robertson and why I believe he should be going to the World Junior Championships, despite the Leafs maybe not letting him go. But before we do get to that, let me tell you guys all about one of today's show sponsors, and that's Built Go. It's the Built Bar's newest product. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall, whether it's mental or a physical wall. Break through with Go every day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. Your golf bag to power you through the back nine. Or put it in your pocket to get you through the day. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. It's got three delicious flavors. You can get either peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, or chocolate mint. How's the Built Go work so well? Well, let me tell you. The Built Go combines 
combines energy gel with collagen protein. And the collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it gets into the system fast. Plus, it's easy on the stomach. Collagen promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff literally makes you look better. Visit BilkGo.com and use the promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 20% off BilkGo.com. Let's go. All right, folks, you are listening to the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, the host of this program. Uh, the World Junior Championships now fast approaching, and it's all systems go, apparently. Uh, Darren Dreger on TSN came out yesterday and said he spoke with the IIHF, and they're in constant communication with uh, the Canadian government to make sure that everything is going as planned and everything and all protocols are being followed and that this 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 tournament is, in fact, going to go on despite all of the positive cases popping up around the world. Team Sweden really taking a massive, massive hit. Obviously, Canada went into a, a 14-day quarantine period themselves during the, their camp. They were just let out this weekend. Let out. Literally, like, let out of their rooms. Okay, now you can come out of your bedroom, that you're, this hotel room that you've been in for the last two weeks. Uh, but it seems like we're going to be playing... But now the question is being posed to these teams that have good prospects and prospects that may even be able to compete and make a roster in the NHL. And one of those happens to be a very talented Maple Leafs prospect by the name of Nick Robertson. Now, he's been named to Team USA. And if Canada or if uh, the Maple Leafs allow him to go, he will most definitely go, like he should. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But uh, Bob McKenzie took to Twitter today and talked about an interesting uh, situation that was kind of developing and how uh, Toronto is mulling over whether or not that they were going to allow him to go and play with the Americans at the World Junior Championships. And uh, I'll just read this quick Twitter thread here from Bob McKenzie. It says, quote, um, Ideally, Toronto would like to have Robertson in the World Junior Championships, but the top priority for the team, and presumably the player himself, is to try and make the Leafs' 2021 roster. If the projected NHL return to play date of January 13th is reality, camps would open late December, early January, and the World Junior Championship gold medal is set for January 5th. Complicating matters is the NHL health and safety protocols for a seven-day quarantine for players who arrive in the NHL city on a commercial flight. So even though Robertson will be coming in from the Edmonton bubble, which is in Canada, taking that flight from Edmonton to Toronto would trigger a seven-day quarantine, and he would therefore miss training camp. Um, So the Maple Leafs not so sure if that in fact happens, that they want him to miss camp, and if they're going to let him miss camp instead... Maybe hold him out of the tournament, allow him to come to... Well, he's in Toronto right now, actually. Allow him to stay in Toronto, train, and participate in a full training camp. Because if you'll remember, last year, he was one. Of, he was part of the first cuts, and Kyle Dubas came out and said that that was a massive mistake. He believed that that was one of the biggest mistakes he made early uh, last season was sending him home as part of the first cuts, as opposed to giving him a look and a fair shake to see what he looked like you know, against NHL bodies, NHL players. So now his second chance 
to be involved in an NHL training camp. Now Kyle Dubas has to say, am I really going to let him go and not get in another training camp again, especially in a year where he has a chance to make the team? What do I do? What do I do? That is what Kyle Dubas is asking himself. I'm sure he's having massive and multiple conversations with a lot of very smart people in hockey. And if you ask me, or if he listens to this podcast, and if you do, Kyle, I love you. But I think you should let Nick Robertson go and play. I do. I think that there are a few really good reasons why you should let him go and play. Experience. I think the experience to go and play in a best-on-best tournament is far, far, far better than playing in a blue versus white training camp matchup. Like, this is the best-on-best tournament that's going to whip him into game shape right away, something that I don't think you'll be able to do in training camp. And real gameplay, look, there's nothing like real gameplay. Like, practice is one thing. Remember in practice last year, he looked fantastic, looked great. Ilya Mikheyev won MVP last year in the return-to-play practice sessions for the Maple Leafs and then laid an egg in the playoffs. Practice players are a real thing. But real gameplay will give him a way better chance to be in better shape for when he returns to the Maple Leafs. It'll give him far more experience playing. And this is somebody who hasn't really played hockey. Yeah, he got those couple of weeks in in August. But since then, or before that, he hadn't played since March, along with most people. So... I think that the experience and the opportunity to get him in actual real gameplay in a best-on-best tournament is far better than just making sure he's there for camp to compete. Because that leads me to my next example, or my next reason why he should go. I'm not too sure he's a staple on this lineup. There is a lot of players that are competing for top-nine roles. I don't see Nick Robertson as a fourth-line winger. I'm sorry, but if you're going to put him on the fourth line, you might as well send him off and play a top-line role in a best-on-best tournament at the World Junior Championship. So if you're holding him back, you better be holding him to make sure that he's going to play top nine minutes, potentially top six minutes, and I just don't see that happening. I don't see him supplanting Zach Hyman on the top line. I don't see him taking Ilya Mikheyev off that second line. I'm not even sure if I see him on the third line. I think there's a lot of players that are vying for that 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 spot and that opportunity, and there's going to be a good camp battle for you know some wing positions on this roster, especially in the bottom six. And yeah, it would be nice to have Robertson in there to see him with your own two eyes, but I think that it would be a lot better to watch him in real game scenarios to see how he's going to react against uh, in in his best on best international tournament at the World Juniors. There's no sense in taking him away from this opportunity just to play a bottom six or a taxi squad role for this team. So unless they legitimately believe that Nick Robertson has a great shot at making the lineup opening night, the lineup, not not the team, but the actual lineup opening night, 
they should let him go. And TSN's uh, Craig Button agrees with me, and I actually have a clip here of why Craig believes that he should go, and I'll play that for you right now. Long term, like the, you know what? For, for if you want to focus it in on two or three or four days, then then that's the, in my view, that's the narrow n- narrowest division you can have. You know, there, for him to have an opportunity to compete against amongst the best players in his age group in the world in a real significant tournament, I think is is, is so incredibly beneficial to not only Nick and, and and him individually, but to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So. To me, I wouldn't be focusing in on two or three or four days. It's about the experience he gets. He's He can get in there and practice and spend time and compete. That will be the best thing for him in my view. Now, it's going to be a little bit more than two, three, or four days, technically, if uh, you know the championship ends on the 5th. Even if he gets a flight out later that night, most likely won't. It'll probably be the next day. The first day that he's going to be able to practice with the team is going to be the 13th, which is expected to be day one of uh, the season. In which case, are they going to be ready to go to to put him in the lineup after not practicing with this team at all? It's not like he's a veteran of so many years where they can you know, trust that he's going to know what to do. He's still a very raw, raw player. So in that regard, I get it. I get it because of this this murky seven-day quarantine that he's going to have to do when he gets back from the tournament. But like Craig said, the few days that it'll take him to get back up to speed is worth the experience of playing in this tournament. And if he's not going to be a top-nine guy for you and he's not going to play 14-plus minutes a night... I think there's other players that could do just as good, if not better, in that lineup, and you can allow Nick Robertson to go play in this tournament, have a chance to to win a gold medal with a very talented American team, and lead that American team as potentially their best goal scorer. We'll see, because I believe uh, Sunday is when these teams are going to have to take their squads out to Edmonton so that they can quarantine once they get there again. And we'll see if Nick Robertson is going to be making that flight from Toronto to Edmonton. We will see. Uh, All right. Coming up on the other side, I will quickly just go over who did make Team Canada. And, uh, yeah, so I'll I'll do that on the other side. But first, I want to tell you all about Bilt Bar. I gotta tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. And the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious. They've got 18 amazing flavors and six brand new flavors that you wanna check out. My favorite, cookies and cream. It is fantastic. But they also got caramel brownie, cherry barcia, carrot cake, apple, almond crisp. And that goes along with the other 12 original flavors. And we already know how much I love myself, my peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. 
And best of all, the Built Bar is healthy, folks. Built Bar is great for the health-conscious guy or gal who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for the keto diet. Let me tell you a little bit about the peanut butter bar. It's got 19 grams of protein, just 180 calories, just 5 grams of sugar, and only 5 grams of net carbs. I'm telling you. These bars are healthy, they're delicious, they're amazing. You just got to go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Lease podcast. Mike DiStefano with you as the host of this glorious daily Maple Leafs podcast. Just a reminder to head over to your favorite podcast provider and make sure that you subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening or you are not yet subscribed. Uh, starting in, I believe, January, we're going to be moving to five shows a week. Yes, daily coverage of the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's going to include uh, pre-game analysis, post-game analysis, trade signings, gameplay, whatever it is going on. We might even do some some analysis on what you know, uh, Austin Matthews is wearing to the rink because that dude's got some style like you couldn't believe his bromance with Justin Bieber. We'll talk about all of it, but in order to get that information, you're going to have to subscribe and you're going to have to join me each and every day. Uh, we'll continue this conversation about the World Juniors, though, because it does look like it's all systems go, and Canada has officially finalized their team, started with 46, down to four, uh, 25 players, six returnees from last year's gold medal winning squad, that's defenseman Jamie Drysdale and Bowen Byram, and then you got... Uh, four forwards returning. You have the second overall pick in this past draft, Quentin Byfield. You got a Buffalo Sabres prospect in Dylan Cousins. You've got Connor McMichael, who went in this year's draft to the, uh, or last year's draft, I believe, actually, to the Washington Capitals. And then Dawson Mercer, who was drafted by the Calgary Flames. So, you know, you've got six returnees ready to roar, roaring to win a back-to-back gold medal for the first time, actually, since 2009. And this team's got incredible depth, like insane. You look at this forward group, all 14 players, and I'll name them in just a moment, but all 14 players up front are first-round picks. So you got Quinn Byfield, first-round pick this year, second overall. Dylan Cousins, first-round pick, seventh overall by Buffalo. Kirby Dock, first-round pick, third overall by Chicago. Edmonton's Dylan Holloway, Peyton Krebs of the Vegas Golden Knights, McMichael, Mercer. You've got Alex Newhook, went 16th overall to Colorado last year. Jacob Pelletier, again, another Calgary prospect, went 26th overall. Cole Perfetti, Jack Quinn, both first-rounders this year. Ryan Suzuki, Phil Tomasino, and then Connor Zari, another Calgary flame first rounder from this year uh 24th overall and it looks like calgary very well represented here uh with a couple of players up front they've got themselves connor zari and jacob pelletier so maybe they'll be able to find some chemistry themselves uh and i'm sure the flames fans will be watching that one unfortunately no toronto maple leafs here on team canada to watch and root for but there still are about five i believe uh, Leafs prospects that are making other 
clubs. And next week, I'm going to be getting a little bit more into that. We're going to do a little bit more juniors coverage and talk about some of the Maple Leafs guys. Uh, But on defense, we've got Justin Barron, Bowen Byram, Jamie Drysdale, Caden Gooley, Thomas Harley, who had a cup of coffee in the NHL last year as well, Caden Korchek, Braden Schneider, and then Jordan Spence. So those are the defensemen for the Canadian Junior National Team. And they've got Dylan Gerrard, Dylan Gerrard, sorry, a fourth-round pick for the Rangers this past season. Devin Levi, a seventh-round pick uh, this year, uh, playing in the NCAA for Northeastern. So he's a Florida pick and making it with Team Canada. And then Taylor Gauthier, a 2021 draft hopeful, the only draft hopeful uh, undrafted player so far. Uh, or draft eligible player, I suppose, to make this team this year. So Taylor Gauthier, six foot two, hundred ninety pounds, playing for the Prince George uh, of the WHL, and uh, yeah. So that is your Team Canada roster. Quick thoughts: I think Byfield should get a real good chance to impress this year. He played last year as an underager, and uh, we'll see in his second opportunity against people now that are pretty well his age, and he's also grown a full year from it, uh, I think Byfield will have an opportunity to just light up this tournament. Um, Quinn, uh, Jack Quinn, Dylan Cousins, and Kirby Dock is the top line. Apparently they've shown out really, really well in these uh, in the training camp games when they did the red versus white. Apparently they look fantastic, and that does not surprise me. Jack Quinn is an unbelievable goal scorer. Dylan Cozens and Kirby Dock, both top 10 picks in last year's draft. Dock obviously played a full season in the NHL last year for the Chicago Blackhawks, played some playoff games as well, um, and it's it's kind of even a little bit of a surprise that Dock is getting this opportunity to play, and Chicago's just saying, yeah, go for it, man. No problem. You'll just come back and join the team and be inserted right into our lineup, not an ish. And then for Toronto, it's like, hold up there, Nikki Rob, not quite yet. Let's 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 talk it over a little bit. But anyways, um, I think the only real question mark here is going to be defensively um, or, or uh, goaltending. Sorry, I think the defense is really good. Uh, Bolton Byram and Jamie Drysdale both returning. They're going to be absolute studs. Caden Gooley and, and Thomas Harley also. I think could be really good players. Justin Barron, uh, Halifax uh, Moosehead. Uh, I think he's going to be a good pick. Braden Schneider, who was somebody who a lot of people had Toronto targeting in this draft. A solid, steady Eddie defensive defenseman. Big boy, 6'2", 210 pounds. Uh, he will anchor that defense. But the goaltending is going to be the question mark here. I don't think any of these three goalies have really solidified the starting role, so that's something that is going to have to shake out throughout the tournament. Uh, but that 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 kind of happens quite often, I would say. We we don't we rarely know what the goaltending is going to look like for Team Canada. Um, sometimes it's just uh, just a surprise. Um, but yeah, I think that's going to do it for us here today in the podcast. Thank you all for listening and subscribing to the show. Thank you for your support. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcasts and platforms. And receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. If you want some more hockey talk, be sure to check out the Locked On NHL podcast where myself and four other Locked On hosts discuss the latest around the NHL. I'll be back with another episode next week. But until then, enjoy the weekend, folks. Keep it locked right here on Locked On Leafs.